I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalise you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me. I'm an education consultant specialising in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy, passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. Good evening, everyone. It's Thrive Studio tonight and I have some amazing guests that you're going to be thrilled with and it's going to be a juicy conversation all about thriving in leadership, particularly during COVID. And the last few weeks, we have had educationalists from around Australia, and they are passionate about the best education possible for our students. We've had lots of people listening in, talking to us uh, and commenting around the professionalism of teachers, around the best learning for students. And so we're going to be talking well-being, we're going to be talking thriving in education this evening and I'd like to introduce you number one to the rose between the thorns, Louise Hammond who is principal of Ambervale High School. So you're welcome Louise, how are you this evening? I'm very well, thank you Carrie. And the other thorn at the end, and you'll know why I say that, is Annette Gray, <laughs> one of Australia's leading solution-focused practitioner and uh, would you believe everybody my first ever coach so there's the other one at the end of the at the screen you're very welcome hi Annette hi Carrie thank you um, for that wonderful introduction I'm not sure I could be claimed the, the top uh, solution focus coach but it's I'm very great I think we can debate that another time okay <laughs> well look listeners Each week we do talk about thriving in life and work and in particular this series is all around education. So let me introduce you to to amazing professionals in their own right, leaders within their own right. They happen to be women in their own right and um, I'm just super chuffed. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a pricey about for the last 14 years, Louise has been principal at Ambervale High School And she has an amazing career of professional development and interest in positive psychology. She has received numerous scholarships to study overseas. She's brought that back. She is an advocate for a joyful environment for educating her her young people at at the schools that, that she's leading. And she is passionate about the professional development of her leaders and her teachers. And that spills down into the great learning environment she has for her students. So I also noted on her bio, though, that uh, she's she's got a little bit of spunk. She likes to write stories and climb rock walls and climb aerial silks. We probably need to have a conversation about that. <laughs> so, Louise, I know I probably haven't done you all the justice that you deserve, but you are very welcome. So I'll be looking forward to your contribution tonight. Annette Gray, as I said, um, we actually did something together many years ago in Oxford in um, together, which was a fantastic op- professional opportunity. But Annette, yes, Annette has um, huge 
were a significant number of coaching hours, over 1,400 hours of coaching. I'm just reading this. You've coached many, many teams in lots of sectors, in lots of industries, and education is one of those. So you are solution-focused trained as well and belong to a global community there. You're a little bit incredible, just like Louise, because you love to ocean swim. (laughs) and have been competing in swims all the way through winter. And I was nearly going to ask you today if you didn't do it in a wetsuit or just a swimming costume and a cap. So (laughs) (laughs) Definitely a wetsuit. (laughs) But there's something about your, both of you, where you're looking to your own well-being as well. So my first point would be you can't put the oxygen mask on others if you don't put it on yourself first. And your health and your fitness goes to your overall well-being and being able to lead as you do, uh, to be all things to all people, to be able to make those decisions that affect many and to make the decisions that are the right thing at the right time. Now, during COVID, uh, the pandemic in New South Wales, we did have a a shutdown of our school facilities and a lot of virtual learning occurred. Now, we're not in Victoria at the moment. They're having their second dose of of doing that. So our thoughts are with our Victorian colleagues as well. But Louise, I'm going to start with you first because I'm going to ask you, what have you noticed about your leadership during this first half of the year? We're now the first of spring, first of September, and we've been experiencing a whole lot of uncertainty. There was an abrupt change to business as usual. You've had to adapt and, dare we say, pivot in various ways. But tell us what your insights are into leadership during this time. I think one of the things that really stands out is clearly articulated care. As a leader, it's so important at all times, but particularly during something as unprecedented as a pandemic, to make sure that you don't Mm. assume there is an understanding that your work is underpinned by care. I think you have to really clearly articulate that care across the whole of the school community. So with your parents, with your teachers, with your students. So that would be one thing that I've really noticed. Yeah, that um, I think that's what's been coming out. We've got many stories, some beautiful stories, of the difference in how we are caring for each other. And uh, your school at Ambervale, a wide diversity of students, of families, of subjects being offered, and a wide diversity of emotions during a time that's very been very stressful, yeah? Oh, absolutely. As you drive to work each day, you shouldn't be thinking about what you need to do. You should be thinking about what your team needs you to do so that that care comes in first. And once you have that as a platform, everything from there is comparatively easy because people understand that you're there for all the right reasons. Oh, that's beautiful. And you can see why Louise cares enough for her staff and her teachers because they will care then for the students in the school. And one of the things I know, um, Louise, that you have done is has had a partnership with uh, Annette. And so her expertise has been coming in to not answer your questions, but to help you develop and empower the skills of your teachers and your leadership team. 
So Annette, you've, you've had a few drives out to Ambervale. You've done a lot of virtual work as well with the team at, um, at Louise's school. What insights have you got from doing this work that you'll continue to do? Um, yes, yeah, so I'm working with the executive team um, that report directly to Louise. And what I love about how Louise set that up is she very much set it up as trusting them to focus on what they needed to focus on in their leadership. So the broad banner of, you know, stepping up in terms of leadership is sort of the, the topic area. And what that meant to each individual was where they're at in their career and what was required of them to lead their faculty and um, and and help overall with um, implementing the school plan. So, yeah, it's been very much a coaching assignment, you know, um, and working with 14 of Louise's um, incredible leaders. And they do speak incredibly highly of Louise and what she's mm. modelled in her um, positive leadership style. And Louise, this has um, has been a real interest and a love for you, hasn't it, over your career, that your interest in positive psychology um, is then applied to how you go about doing your role and how you develop your, your, um, your, your teams. So tell us a little bit about what really is the essence of the positive psychology that you've put in place? I guess I first became interested in positive psychology from working with such a diverse community and seeing the extraordinarily high aspirations, hopes and dreams that our families have for their for their mm. young people, irrespective of their socioeconomic background or current situation. And I started to see my school as a metaphor of the lighthouse on the hill, the place to come to get those opportunities and learning to be lifted up onto this platform of choice and yeah. that in one generation change where people were going. And then I started to read about positive psychology and they just linked so perfectly because that is exactly what positive psychology is about, positioning ourselves to thrive and flourish. And that's what we were trying to do as a school. We were trying to position our whole community to thrive and flourish and to be focused on solutions, not on problems. So it's just a perfect fit. And then the coaching mm -hmm. then blends into that so beautifully because if you're going to thrive and flourish, you need to find your own solutions, not have someone provide them for you. Oh, Annette, that's, uh, I just love the, the, um, the way we talk about conversations as well. And I think that's, we're looking at finding a different way to, to solve things together, but it's the conversation mm. that really matters. So mm. the coaching fits so well in that. We've got coaching moments, we've got coaching habits, we've got, we can have lots of structure around it, but it's being together, in the, being present together and, and working things through. So what have you noticed about uh, the leaders that you're working with at the moment around their thriving and striving that Louise is talking about? Yeah. Um, well, part of the coaching is um, I try and be transparent around how I'm coaching. So 
going following on from what Louise was saying about the, the whole philosophy and principles around positive psychology, um, yeah. solution-focused coaching is a really practical way you can implement positive psychology. So changing the conversations to um, what's wanted rather than what's not wanted. Um, so I try and be really transparent around what I'm doing so not only are they focusing on their topic area or goal area of, you know, stepping up in terms of leadership, but they're also um, getting an insight into how you have the conversation of mm -hmm. how you can shift people from how they present with a problem and how do you shift them pretty quickly to what is it they want instead of that and mm -hmm. What would that look like and how would you know you'd made progress on that and what would others notice about you? So it's really grounding, you know, um, the principles of positive psychology by using this solution-focused approach and and generally not, not only at Louise's school but other schools are, um, mm. that I'm working with but also other organisations, people gravitate to it. It was like, oh, that's... That's the missing ingredient of how do you have conversations that are <laughs> progress-focused and, and focused on what's wanted rather than what's not. And now is a critical time for people to be able to do that because we can just keep get, getting stuck in the quagmire of problems and there's a lot at the moment, but there's also hints of, you know, gold there that you can... <laughs> start noticing and build upon that you know? and I'm really well I'm really pleased you brought that up because to me there's no more time in a school day it is you're very structured very it works to a timetable there's no more time in our days either right there's we are actually meant to sleep a little bit rest a little bit <laughs> uh, renew ourselves a little bit right so it makes so much sense to be able to work smarter to use the time we've got for a good good result um, and, to, and to work together. So, Louise, are you noticing anything different about your leaders because of what they're doing with Annette at the moment? Mm. Oh, they're so invigorated. <laughs> they're, off, they're off the Richter scale invigorated. <laughs> they're, they're, they're wearing me out. No, they're not. <laughs> they're, they're just... They're just so excited and that 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 is part of that climate of positivity and joy in our school and so mm. it just just them touching base to talk to me about the coaching that they've had is a joyous moment in their day and it's a joyous moment in my day because it's that shared and I see their enthusiasm and um, they've all said something along the lines of I know where I'm going now I know what I want to achieve and that just, it's like this collective sigh because they're all very aspirational leaders and when you're fractured in your sense of direction, that's actually quite stressful. Mm. To be able to get clarity gives you a calm and I can really see that in them. In fact, ironically, there's so much about coaching but also so much about covid that I actually believe has brought a sense of calm, uh, which is not what's expected, but I, I see it in many aspects of school life, almost as if 
we've kind of understood that most things are really quite small now that we've got something really big coming at us mm. and it's brought a calm with it that's, that's entered the school space. That's very interesting insight, yeah, because um, often we get bogged down in the contagion of the small things, the things that we can't control. And they know, they know now that, number one, you're acknowledging their professionalism. Number two, you care about them. And number three, um, they're being rewarded in a way by... by, um, having the opportunity to to develop such as this. Um, But I imagine the students are also gaining benefit from it as well. Because... Yes. um, (laughs) Sorry. On a whole range of levels. That's all right. Students have really benefited. Um, One of the things that I think all schools did during the shutdown time was really accelerate the amount of contact with families just to check in on students to make sure that the online learning was working to make sure that technology was working and that kids were engaging. And we contacted parents at a rate we've never contacted parents before and it has just lifted us up onto a whole new level of communication across the whole school. And I think uh, not only do parents feel more part of the conversation now, even though before we would have said we were doing quite well, <laughs> the difference that has come from the level of contact with COVID is quite noticeable. But I also think that the students feel more known because they know there's been an increased shared conversation between their teachers and their parents. Um, And we're seeing that in how they're interacting with their teachers. And one of the other really positive things, I think, and this is something we did previously, but COVID has really sharpened our focus, is we regularly ask the question, what will bring joy? And that question never interferes with the academic rigour of the school It never interferes with the professionalism or the focus of the teaching staff. It just adds this powerful layer and allows us to really be incredibly precise with our actions so that we are doing what we say we want to do, which is to create this place that builds Mm. people up. Um, And by answering the question, what will bring joy, fantastic initiatives come from that and leaders grab them and run with it. Oh, I can see you nodding, Annette. So you you would be hearing about some of these um, initiatives, right, that are coming. And I love the phrase, um, what will bring us, what will bring joy, um, because often uh, we we get overtaken by what isn't, what isn't, what we've, what, what's had to change that we were very familiar with. So I love it. And uh, for me, um, It makes me think, right, I wouldn't mind coming out and being a fly on the wall. Are other schools, I'm just going to ask you something that you're not prepared for, Louise, are other schools curious about how you do this? Yes, often they are. Um, And and, and of course, um, but I think you really do have to establish your own culture. So I always share strategies but how well they transfer to another context 
is very much up to that school and where they take it. You know, and I guess the answer to the question, what will bring joy, would vary in different schools at different times. You know, but we get lots of really quirky things out of it. So what will bring joy? A congratulations call to a parent will bring joy. So we will initiate that. Stop ringing for negative reasons and start ringing because you've caught kids doing great things and pick up the phone and say, today your child did something amazing. Can I share it with you? (laughs) Or during COVID, what will bring joy? A craft, an art and craft package. So all your learning isn't online. We handed out really beautiful craft packages to all of our students in year seven and eight, just so that they didn't keep staring at a screen. So really practical, fun things can come from answering that question. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. Uh, we had an earlier conversation and you uh, we were talking about what type of things did you you actually do? And apart from putting those packages together, bringing your teachers and whoever helped put them together, even creating what was in them, putting them together physically, deli- delivering them or, or being on the other end of the pickup, that adds to the whole sense of community. We're in this together. And um, I've just gone back down memory road a little bit because one of my first um, jobs was as a parent educator and we had a whole homeschool partnership framework that we worked towards. And what I'm hearing now through COVID is that there has been an, um, uh, an amplification of that happening again. And I think it's, a be- I think it's absolutely beautiful because our parents will often give us the missing bits of information about the students we're teaching. When we talk to them, when we find out a little bit more about how they are, what they're doing at home, all the, all the different things in their relationships. So I just think that's a, a beautiful story. And Annette, I imagine you're hearing many joyful things as well from, yeah. from the leaders that you, you're working with. Yeah, look, I think... Um, well, you know, Louise has been focused on this, on the school culture for, you know, quite a long time now. And, you know, it now that strength of that culture really comes out during COVID. But I think a few things that she said that really resonated for me um, is those calls to the parents and ringing each day to check on, you know, the students during lockdown and everything. I think that's the real core principle of the actions in the interaction, which is one of the principles of solution focus. Get the interactions right and everything that surrounds it will will be better, you know. Mm. And I, I think that's one thing that Louise and her team do well. And the other thing that um, Louise has set up in terms of the culture of the school is anything's possible. So any teacher who wants to suggest an idea, Louise is always, yeah, let's give it a go. So nothing's, nothing is not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, anything's possible. And, and yeah, all the leaders talk strongly about that, that they, they feel so empowered that they can take anything to her and she'll say, yep, let's give it a go. See how it, works and that is rare you know I've worked with a lot of leaders and that is rare that that openness to try it 
you know, and give anything a go is, is such a strong part of the culture. Um, and the other thing that, you know, I really noticed when I went out there, which I haven't really seen in any schools, is that even their blinds, the blinds that come down on the in the rooms, um, these brilliant, like, artworks. So, you know, the, it, it was only really the one room I got to see and there's these beautiful flowers and bright colours and everything. And and so the, the the actual physical environment is joyful. Surrounded. You know? And it's yeah. different to, to how other schools are, you know, the stock standard blinds that they get. This is different. So I think the kids, <laughs> you know, the students pick that up, that this is a, this is a really nice environment to be at. You know, it's like an oasis for them. Mm. It's joyful. It's yeah, joyful. Exactly. Surrounded. It, it is. And that environment was very strategic and I learnt, I have always believed that we can learn a lot from high school leaders, can learn a lot from our primary school colleagues. You know, primary schools are often colourful yeah. and yeah. beautiful and you just walk in and so bright and then you you know uh, not always of course but often you walk into high schools and they're a bit comparatively drab and I really mm. didn't want that because part of joy is aesthetic appreciation and being in a beautiful mm. environment it, it calms us it, mm. it it makes us feel valued so it's been very strategic so I'm glad you noticed it Annette <laughs> I do. <laughs> that's I was, one of um, my top strengths is appreciation of beauty. So <laughs> I, I uh, love the nice aesthetics. <laughs> oh, but you know that's um that builds psychological safety as well, doesn't it? It goes to well-being. So surrounded by the work of of the students, you know, and the teachers would be getting joy from that. Going, look what I was able to um, affect. Yeah. Like, I work with these kids. Look at their work that's now on the blinds. I think that's a brilliant idea. And I was going to say to you, Louise, have you had some really out there ideas that you've had to massage a little bit, or do you always say yes? Off you go, go do it. I imagine you've there would be Hello, some got, type of. Follow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. so Yes, we have to we have to stay within policy, of course. But <laughs> I always think some of your very best ideas come from extreme thinking in the first instance, and then you power it back to doable. Yeah. Yeah. So the first time a teacher came to me and said, "I think some of our kids who are really struggling with their well-being could get a lot from a horse whisperer." I was interested and now yeah. that's not so rare now that there's equine therapy but this is a long time ago it just wasn't in schools and we yeah. were one of the first schools to have horses in working with our our young people so we do try and always say yes when we can you know we have historical reenactment events where we have to get permission <laughs> from the local police to have the various cannons blasting and what have you um yeah, there's always a way around it and school can always be more fun, you know, and there's a distinct link between, the research shows the link between 
laughter and and better learning. You know, laughter produces the dopamine, which leads to better long-term yep. memories being embedded um, and better goal-oriented behaviour. So, I mean, the research is there, but we all kind of intrinsically know it. If we're happy, we're more open to learning. Well, it's learning design, isn't it? It's really, really clever learning design that is is uh, based in curiosity. It's based in um, challenge and, and and being stretched. Uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating. I would uh, I wouldn't mind being there on a historical day, hearing those cannons go. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, is there something that's coming up that, um, or something that you're working towards, Louise? That's that will will continue to build on the joyful nature of your school community, the focus that you have on well-being, as well as as developing your leaders. Is there something you're working towards at the moment? Oh, lots of things we're working towards. Um, in, term, in terms of the leaders, the work that Annette is doing with them is such an important component towards, I, I, want, I want the leaders to feel treasured. I want them to know that I hold them in such high regard that mm. looking after their learning and giving them this time and space to have uninterrupted deep coaching conversations uh, is 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 such a fantastic investment at our school, and mm. so that concept of treasuring them is something that I really want to build because if if I build within them that sense of professional well being that they're valued at that level, that will be a train the trainer model, and they will then build that culture with their teams. Yeah. Mm. And that's how we're going to maximise performance across the school because schools are just such melting pots of the human experience. <laughs> they can be extremely challenging, dynamic places and it can be really exhausting, you know, and, yeah. and one of the things that you need to do, I think, as a leader of a school is to keep the energy levels high and so you need to be really alert to what's going to keep those energy levels high. In, t in terms of the community, something that we're working on that's been really on my mind is um, what's going to happen over the Christmas break. That's, mm. a, that's a long time for kids to be away from the structure of school. And I think the structure of school during COVID has been particularly important because families are very stressed, uh, parents mm. have lost jobs, there's a lot of uncertainty and school is one of those known structured things. Yeah. So we're looking at a program of coming back into school, not, not the whole staff, but some staff coming back into school and opening up the school and opening up access to some of our wellbeing personnel <laughs> and our equipment to allow kids to play and to allow them to have contact with some of those key staff. And we're hoping to kick that off with, and I've mentioned this to you ladies before, the idea of Christmas lunch in a box. So we're yeah. going to gift to our community. We're going to pack up Christmas lunches in a box and hand them out to our families as close to Christmas Eve as we can. So we're planning on the 23rd, which is still quite early into the holidays. They won't have been on holidays for very long. But if we then follow up with those other 
opening the school gates yeah. days where they can come in and do other activities. We're hoping that will be a really protective factor. Yeah, it's a great idea. I just, it's a wonderful giving back idea. Yeah. It's beautiful. So Maurizio, thanks for uh, popping that in. Um, Maurizio um, is an educationalist as well, um, a, 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 a fine educator with a lot of experience. So thanks. He, he just went, yeah, what a great, a sensational um, initiative. And yeah. I'll just uh, pop these in. So this is the beauty of uh, Be Live. You can actually um, open up uh, the comments from, from people coming in. So I really appreciate that. I know there wouldn't be many schools that would, would do that opening um, over the Christmas break. Um, but I think we're in such an unusual uh, environment that we are all looking to do things differently. And one of the things I ask every panel each week is, you know, if we were to delete something from the way schools are structured because of how we've had to operate during the pandemic's um, uh, disruption, I mean, are there some things that we, we now know that we could do without? Um, because it sounds like the more joy there is in the learning and the more creativeness that we can um, engender in our students, our families and our teachers, our staff, our leaders, well, then that's far more important than perhaps some of the rigorous or the the things that we're doing that aren't making any difference at all. So I'm going to be provocative and say any thoughts of what we could delete or what we could keep or do more of? We could certainly delete a lot of the meetings that we used to have. <laughs> um, yes. yes. <laughs> they're, they're incredibly doable in a much smaller space of time via Zoom and we've all learnt that very, very quickly. And, in fact, and I've mentioned this before uh, to you both, I actually think they're better because they're more considered. People come to the Zoom space with greater planning. People listen more deeply and really consider before they comment. And I think all of that has really increased the communication, even if looking at a screen at first might be a little bit clunky rather than meeting in person. The benefits, I think, outweigh the disadvantages. The other thing that we've really all got rid of at school is we've got rid of um, the traditional roll call morning time because it's just not needed. Just jumping straight into learning, straight into learning, and that's so much better, so much better. Oh, they are they are really positive things because there have been a number of people who now are talking about Zoom fatigue. But I think Annette and I would agree with you that it depends on how long you're using Zoom for, what the purpose is. Mm, yeah. um, and I, I actually think at my listening skills have gotten better um, mm. during this time because I'm, I'm concentrating, um, you know, and if I make a hiccup, well, that, that's, that's okay, but I'm really concentrating far more. And I don't want to be forcing anybody else on the other side of the screen to be sitting sitting listening to me talking at them far far better to be be talking together what do you think Annette we 
we often have a little hiccup, don't we, IT-wise? And we, oh, yeah. how, how smooth are we? How, how calm? <laughs> I was going to say um, before about what, what to delete, you know, just to add on to some of the things Louise said. I think schools have been able to get back to the core business, you know, and a lot of those you know, system requests and, you know, they've all sort of pulled back yeah. a bit and it's just let's get back to teaching and learning, you know, the core business of, of what we're there for. So, you know, more of that. And I think the other is um, not only in education but everywhere the focus on wellbeing, you know, yeah. not only um, for each of us we're now, well, I'm talking for myself and, and a lot of people that I coach, self-care is, is like high up on the agenda now mm. because of mm. COVID and people have, you know, started to focus on eating better and exercising daily and because we've been able to, um, not, not so much um, being in schools but in, in other um, industries where we've had to work from home so long. Yeah. I've been working from home from since March and a lot of people have yeah. and now you've suddenly got this travel time that you can do something with. You know? And that's what people are claiming back, yeah. I yeah, agree. exactly. And I, and I think so there's a much heightened awareness on self-care um, at a senior level, a, a leader's mm. senior level and, and now modelling that. For others you know which is great you know as a globally we've got better at that you know <laughs> and, and sort of given up on the flogging yourself and working yourself you know to a grind when it's exhausting yeah. and you don't do your best work when that work is all you are well, all the, all the nutrition, rest, exercise all helps you. They're micro-resiliency skills and they, they help you focus. Mm. They can help, they re-energise and they can also help you be more creative. Mm. So, look, I've loved our conversation tonight and my last question would be if you had one wish for the world at the moment, what would you like to wish what would we like to spread? What joy would we like to give out, Louise? What would you like to say? At school, we're really focusing on the impact the pandemic is having on the environment and the positive effects of the pandemic in terms of the natural world. And it would be so wonderful if we could hold on to those gains once we're through the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's something beautiful. I think really significant for us to hold on to for our students who are soon going to be young adults and yeah. owning the world. If we can give oh. them an environment in a slightly better condition, that would be a great thing. I totally agree. As um as now a carry ma um, of a number of little people, it's you, we're looking at what's what's the legacy that we leave yeah. um, for for our youth, yeah, for those. Um, Maurizio, thank you again. Um, he said he's you know his comment there. Isolation has taught us all the value of connectedness and the need for support. And Louise, I'd have to say. That's what I've heard from you tonight and also from Annette with the skill set that she has 
and the wonderful connectedness and relationship that you have professionally, but it's under its underlying value um, of of people, of being able to have conversations that matter, of empowering others to actually front up and be the best they can. Um, so Annette, what about you? Uh, a wish for the world? I think I would have to agree with uh, Maurizio. Um, the the value of connectedness and I think that's taught us worldwide that it, that we need to care about people and I, I'm seeing it um, not only from what Louise said of checking in with you know ringing parents you know daily during um, the lockdown time but I'm seeing it with um, organizational leaders ringing and checking in on staff you know mm. are they okay you know and so yeah I'd have to totally agree with uh, Maurizio's comment that it's actually helped us get better at that, you know, yeah. of caring for each other. Well, look, I've really enjoyed our conversation. It's all about thriving under particular uh, uncertainty and, um, and all the implications of that. We've seen some amazing um, examples tonight of creativeness, of being innovative, innovative being um, really caring for your staff, your team members, and developing them, looking to our networks outside who can help us amplify the effectiveness of our skilling of our, of our teachers and our leaders. So Louise, if someone wanted to contact you, that's easier to find. You've got a website for the school. Um, if they're curious, they can pop on to Ambervale High School. Yeah, and Annette, <laughs> and Annette, you have um, you have you have a new consultancy. Would you like to give yourself a, a little plug? Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, my my consultancy is Annette Gray Consulting, very original, um, and that, that's my website as well. So, and I'm on, on LinkedIn also if, if people want to connect. Yeah. Well, look uh, once again, thank you. I've I've had a lovely time. We had a bit of fun, listeners, before we started with um, echoing with the IT. We think that this is probably a pretty big time of night. The <laughs> the power surges are on, so we're very happy to ha have um, <laughs> Maurizio's comment and also um, all our listeners. Well, I'll get off now and I'll see who was listening who didn't get onto the chat. But I want to thank you again. Thriving Matters Studio, every Tuesday night at 7.30pm, we have more incredible Australian educators lined up to talk about what it is we've been noticing about working during a pandemic, particularly in education, what it is that we are valuing and what it is we can delete. Perhaps it's a, it's a brave new world out there and we are part of it. So thank you very much. If you'd like to know more about me, Carrie Benedette, pop on to all the socials. I'm on LinkedIn, carriebenedette.com. Love to you all. Take good care of each other and your precious ones. Go gently. Bye, Louise, and thank you. Bye, Annette. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.